Hi everyone, you're listening to the 70th episode of Downtime Podcast with only Elisa on this episode. Um, so I'm not with Jeremy right now. In fact, I'm not even where I'm normally based in the Bay Area. I'm currently on a business trip and Jeremy is going to record an episode or maybe already has recorded an episode with Jairus as I'm speaking, but I kind of wanted to have a little bit of my own episode even though I wasn't really available to talk with him this week because I've allowed my thoughts on Detroit Become Human to marinate a little bit and I have wanted to really go into my feelings on the storylines and the three characters now that it's been about maybe one and a half months since I finished the game. And so with this uh, spoiler episode, another reason why I'm talking by myself is that Jeremy hasn't played the game yet. So this is just going to be a little quick rant for me to talk briefly overall on Detroit. Before I talk about the three main characters, I felt there was a very interesting breakdown in how they were presented. So it wasn't just the fact that they're androids, one's a female, one's a male, whatever. It almost seems like the android characters were crafted to show three different socioeconomic families that the androids are living with. So with Marcus is obviously the car with Carl, who is the rich painter, and someone who's a lot more privileged, someone who has the capabilities and the opportunities to do more things. You have Connor who represents the middle class and Connor is a cop who is paired up with Hank the human detective and those two riff throughout the entire game and it's interesting that his role is very, for the middle class role, it's very much cut and dry until Connor starts progressing in the storyline. He's just a cop, and he's just following orders. Finally, you have Kara, and Kara is in the lower class background, and she is in one of the poorest areas and neighborhoods of Detroit, where she is with a family, a broken family at that, and she has to save the girl, the child Alice, from her abusive father. And Marcus is a android who assists a painter named Carl. And Carl, at some point, is trying to get Carl to feel something. Basically, reached this point where he's a free thinker. And in context of Detroit, either you are strictly just following what you're made for, your android self, what you're programmed to do, and that's just your regular self. If at any point that you start gaining resistance, or not gaining resistance, but you start developing feelings of resistance, thinking for yourself, making your own decisions, it's called being a deviant. Marcus is, right off the bat, um, kind of easier to 
move towards becoming a deviant compared to the other two characters. And I think they made it that way. One, because the character is an artist, like, in his house. Marcus has a chance to play the piano. Marcus actually does play the piano, too, in one of the later scenes. And he just has that type of exposure. So I just wanted to say that when I was doing the storyline, there were a lot of times where I actually thought I fucked up Marcus's storyline. Um, when I play games like this, I'm really trying to go for the best possible storyline, whether that means being completely OCD in making sure that I've tried to see every single little detail and every investigate every single thing, or just um, sometimes I have to pause the game and I have to think like, wow, what am I going to do right now? Because... <laughs> I don't want any character to die. Well, this game was interesting because I swear to God, I had everyone die at least, except with the exception of Kara. I've every um every freaking android died at least once, and I thought that I messed it up, and it turns out it was just part of the storyline. So, um, I actually died when you have the option of punching Carl's son or not when you have the fight about what it means to be an android or and what have you and carl giving preferential treatment to aunt to marcus and the reason i did that is because i thought i was supposed to be a pacifist and i i mean obviously like i would have loved to punch his son in the face because he was being an asshole but i thought that the the good route was for me to be peaceful and it turns out it wasn't i fucking died i got shot by one of the cops after that entire situation happened because they took his son's side versus my side. So one of the scenes that stuck out to me was I got the scene where I'm disassembled in the dump. I'm um, all the robot dump. I'm in the landfill and Marcus wakes up, which is one of like, it's really fucking creepy. It's almost horror like. And he's crawling through and trying to reassemble himself and make himself whole with all of the defunct parts of other androids and you bet my ass that i was freaking out trying to make sure that i made marcus together because there was no way i was not going to save marcus i after that it really took an interesting turn when i went to jericho and and i'll tell you this i fucked up jericho too because um jericho being the Jericho being the ship area where a lot of deviant androids are coming together and trying to live a peaceful world without humans. Um, I There was a point where a lot of the androids were losing blood. And androids have blue blood, as you know. And, you have to, and there's a plan to go to one of, I guess, the shipping containers because there was a new shipment of android blue blood coming. I also messed up that storyline too because I we ended up running away and we did not get any materials. Finally, what I want to talk about with Marcus's storyline is the scene where he goes to Stratford Tower, which is basically the most important part of the game. It's a huge turning point, and not to mention this is one of the chapters that is really cross decision, uh, cross um, cross impact within the characters especially with connor so this is this was huge and i didn't even realize it until it was all over that's how good it was so uh when i was going up stratford tower at this point um everyone from jericho the android community uh they didn't like me 
anymore because I didn't get enough supplies. So this was the last chance that I really had for Marcus to go to that tower and to make a state like make a statement in the newsroom that would be broadcast to everyone about androids and equal rights for androids. The a lot of it a lot of this got really preachy, but it, I mean like I don't mind playing political games ever. I'm not one of those people who like just like oh, you can't have politics in gaming blah 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 because I mean there's fucking games about luchador guacamole avocado peep like wrestlers so i mean if you can have a game about that you can have a game that has a political or um, societal meaning and who gives a shit so we're getting to this point and i am just opting to try to do all of these safe things and safe things meaning that i wasn't trying to necessarily kill anyone because i i was i just didn't want to get caught you get to the top of Stratford Tower, and for the most part, the speech that I chose was, um, I, I went the peaceful route, and when you end up, um, break, and after this chapter, when you end up breaking the, um, android store, where you're freeing the androids, and this is, and af basically the aftermath of this chapter, I went the peaceful route as well. I didn't really go to the, or I went for the peaceful revolution. I didn't really go for the aggressive, violent one, and I went, I, I went with that, not even necessarily because it would have been a better ending, but that's just kind of I chose the ending also that would have fit my personality, and. I um I was pleasant I was very pleasantly surprised with all of that. So I'll stop there and I'll go on to the next character, Kara. And I really liked Kara's storyline because compared to Marcus's storyline, which is much more um mission driven i would say the mission driven in a sense that it was more of freeing an entire community an entire race of androids Kara's was much more of just a connection to a family and i really liked the storyline that she had with alice and this is a storyline where i did Great, I chose everything correctly for me to build a motherly relationship with Alice, the child, and everything went perfectly until the end. <laughs> so, um, going with Kara was a trip. It was really, really heart pounding every time I had to go through a quick time event because this is, um, I feel like Kara and Alice had the most escapes. <laughs> and and chase scenes out of everyone like it's just there was a lot riding on huge quick time events for Kara in my opinion um things that stuck out to me when you had to choose when you first escape the household and you have to choose between whether you stay in the car or whether you stay in a squatter house or whether you steal from a laundromat and you steal from a convenience store to stay at a motel um i might so i was trying to 
do the less aggressive thing and I basically did everything from the beginning so I went to the car and I was like okay we'll stay in this car and then care and then um Alice doesn't want to stay in the car and that was my first um that was my first uh, realization that oh shit like I can't just choose the easy way because I don't think care is gonna uh, care is gonna build a relationship with alice so it had to do with the house so you either had to stay in the house or you had to just pull the whole ruse to get into the motel and going into the house i messed up some sort of interaction and that robot guy straight up didn't even uh like he kicked me out so <laughs> there that so there was no other option anymore than to steal from the convenience store and to go to the laundromat which by the way ended up being a lot easier than I was expecting. I was really scared for those moments, but I guess I just figured out exactly how to plant everything. Um, the next scene that I want to talk about is obviously the mansion scene and having Luther on my team. Luther is definitely one of my favorite side characters of the game, and I really enjoyed a lot of the interactions that he has with Kara, so I was really excited. Last but not least, you cannot talk about Kara's storyline without talking about Pirate's Cove, which, in my opinion, was the best chapter of the game by far. So, at this point, you have Luther, you have Kara, and you have Alice, and you're- we're try- we're just trying to make our way north, and it's a blizzard, as you can imagine, and in winter Detroit- we stay at an amusement park called Pirates Cove and so we just choose a rent like we squat there and this is a this is a part where you're really starting to become a family and with Luther too so she's so Alice is starting to also develop trust with Luther you yourself are trying to develop a trust with Luther one of the reasons why I really like Pirate Cove is because there's an ambush where you're in the house you're squatting that there's like a bunch of android robots all they all look the same they're called i think jerry's so they're jerry robots and jerry um he's he's just trying to see like who these three people are and you think that they're about to attack you but it turns out that jerry and all the jerry robots they're they're android specifically for working at the theme park so they just woke up because they realized someone was at the theme park for the first time in a long time because the theme park was abandoned. And Jerry ends up becoming friends with you and he sets up the carousel for Alice to ride. And the scene ends where it's the Detroit blizzard and all these androids are together and they're all just watching Alice enjoy the carousel. And... That was an incredible storyline. Like, that was that was wonderful. I loved that scene so much. And I'm really happy that I was able to get to that point, too. Like, I'm happy that I didn't kill Jerry or anything like that. Or else we that would have never happened. <laughs> um, Kara's moment becoming a deviant is helping Alice escape the, uh, the abusive household. So... With Marcus and Kara, you have these two moments of becoming deviants and really gaining self, con uh, really gaining um, free will, right at the beginning of their storylines. Connor's um, turning point to become a de to become a deviant doesn't happen until way in the end, and I like that because 
it kind of, because with his very rigid personality it just kind of goes to show that you know like there's some machines that will that'll take a while to develop such an artificial intelligence and i i, I like that and i also like that how with his conversation with hanks uh with hank and learning more about hank that he he starts developing um these conclusions for himself and eventually you make the choices in the end that you do and it really as you can probably tell i got a really good ending with (laughs) i think in the grand scheme of everything i i probably got the best possible ending you can get with connor where the other two characters are varying degrees of like okay this is this is all right Connor is a cop, as you know, he's a detective, he's paired up with Hank, and what they're, they're put on a story investigating why androids are becoming deviants, which is a fun twist, because at, when you start off in this storyline, Connor's not a deviant. The way Connor's storyline works is, there's four to five android investigations you have to go to, and after these investigation ends, Connor in his um simulation he meets with his boss or his supervisor who is also an android and the android is coaching you throughout the entire time and this android chief is also just making sure that you're staying on track with your task if um so in the android world or in the android simulation when you're meeting up with your boss if you if connor gets shot after any of these investigations his memory is copied over to a new robot and in his simulation world it actually shows that one of your connors has died so in a way like part like a huge part of the storyline is if connor dies and he just gets copied over to a different robot like how does that affect your relationships so that it's an, it, the connor is definitely the most complex storyline out of all of these all of these cases that you're investigating are collecting evidences which are important in the end and if you don't capture the suspect or take them down in some way then you don't get any evidence from that scene any real evidence that's important from that scene another angle is you figuring out hank and uh that was one of my favorite things because there was a lot of instances such as freaking uh, Connor is trying to break into the house when he's late for one of the investigations be- and because Hank freaking overslept and he's really drunk. So we're breaking into his house and then he has like this huge... So Hank owns this really huge dog named Sumo and he's basically the best dog ever. And it's also a scene... This is also a very important cross-chapter scene and probably the most important chapter for connor in my opinion because this if this is a scene where you're at hank's house and you're just looking at all of his stuff and you're trying to figure out who hank is if you look on the dining table of that scene you'll see that hank used to have a son named cole and cole's now deceased if you don't find that picture of cole then you don't get the best possible ending, I don't think, at least. 
But at, at least for my playthrough, you don't get what you need if you don't find this picture. So this was one of the only few times in the storyline where I was able to investigate everything that was in an area. And I was able to look at everything and put a lot of pieces together. Which is good because I even because throughout the storyline, I was having a very difficult time getting things in a timely manner. So I was very happy that I was a, that I got everything in Hank's house and especially happy towards the end. So in the Stratford Tower where um, Marcus is giving his speech, he's accompanied by three of the main leaders of Jericho, the android community, which is Josh North, who ends up being a love interest. And then, um, not Simon, um, Simon actually, yeah. His name's Simon. So, <laughs> this fucking guy, Simon, um, after you finish the speech in Stratford Tower, that's when the cops break in for the first time. Now, the cops, obviously, this is a quick time event where you're trying to escape them, and the only w place you can go is the rooftop. So, you're trying to escape to the rooftop, and if you mess up something, Simon actually gets shot, and Simon's leg gets shot, and his blood is on one of the TV screens, so he can be traced back. So we're running to the rooftop, and Simon can't walk anymore. And there's a point whether you should leave Simon there on the roof, or you should try to defend him and just stay with him, or like try to help him escape. And I end up choosing that uh, to leave Simon on the roof. And it, I regret it. I really regret it at the time because I just didn't know what to expect. And obviously, I didn't want to leave him there. But it was just like, I think I was really low on time. And that was just the best possible thing that I can do in that moment. Um, Connor gets to Stratford Tower to do an investigation. And I, I unknowingly do something that benefits everyone in the end looking at everything and you have and there comes a point where you have two choices of rooms that you need to go into you either go to the kitchen or you go to the rooftop the rooftop is currently where Simon is trying to hide and my thinking when you're choosing these two places is oh I should do the kitchen first because the kitchen is currently on this floor and if I just go straight to the rooftop I won't be able to investigate the kitchen. So what I was thinking was, if you investigate the kitchen, then you can investigate everything in the end. And I was wrong in like the best way possible. What ends up happening is when I'm investigating in the kitchen, I'm investigating three security guards and I'm trying to t have them tell me who Marcus is and like if they saw Marcus. So one of those security guards ends up becoming a deviant after Marcus's speech and he ends up basically escaping. So I'm chasing down this security guard. I don't even remember exactly what I did anymore, but I made a choice where I was able to save Hank. And on top of that, I was also able to save a cop who was in the first chapter of Detroit. All of this happens and I'm not able to go to the roof anymore. And at first, I thought that, oh, I messed up. I should have chosen the roof because Simon was there. And I went to the kitchen and that was the wrong decision and all of these things. But it turns out because I didn't go to the rooftop, 
Simon was able to escape. And because Simon was able to escape, he was able to help Marcus in the next chapter. We're finally reaching the end of the storyline and there are very important moments and leading to the exact ending that I got. So Marcus, after he vandalizes the park and the android store, uh, he has a people's march, like a freedom march for the androids. And this is basically like we're almost at the Battle of Detroit, which is the name of the final chapter. So Marcus is running this um, this march, and when he's running this march, um, every all these androids are becoming deviants and they're joining him. And he uh, he's basically talking against the cops. And I chose peaceful comments of just like, yeah, we're here, we're being peaceful. There's nothing wrong with what we're doing. And then of course the cops fire have a firing squad because of the, you know that's just what that's what just happens in life apparently <laughs> so um the cops are still shooting androids who are part of this march even though they're having a peaceful or even though i chose for them to have a peaceful protest how this how simon being able to escape from stratford tower how that benefits this chapter is simon actually takes a bullet for me and he dies so another added like connection from the Stratford Tower is that if Connor didn't go to the rooftop to if Connor went to the rooftop and arrested Simon then I don't think anyone would have been there to sacrifice themselves for Marcus and Marcus would have died in that scene so basically I saved Simon to save Marcus but I was really happy that that happened and on Connor's side, Connor and Hank are closing in on this investigation about androids and they visit the creator of the CyberLife robot. CyberLife is the name of the company that creates all these androids. So we're meeting him for the first time and we're talking to him about deviance and asking him questions basically about, you know, like, at what's the point, you know, at one point do these androids gain all this um enough information to make free will on their own and um there's there's a lot of points but long story short is this scene is basically the final scene before connor chooses whether to become a deviant or not and this is a scene where connor is challenged to shoot someone and it's one of the honestly like one of the most emotional scenes of the game for me because i was like i was just like what the fuck's going on right now this is crazy and connor like at this point connor's really being broken down into becoming a deviant and i'm i and i'm also actively choosing him to become a deviant towards the end so um i obviously i end up not shooting the um the maid receptionist and we end up leaving the house and hank hundred like his trust for me is now at a hundred percent we're back at the police station and the chief removes hank and connor from this case and it was a huge deal and 
basically like Connor and Hank are extremely discouraged at this point. So Hank, because he's my friend now, creates a diversion for me. And he creates a diversion by freaking punching the chief. And so Connor sneaks into the evidence room. The evidence room of all the android stuff that he's found. And he needs to figure out basically the the androids who are becoming deviants. Like, where is the starting point? Where is this all coming from? And this is where I thought I fucked up. Because since I had not captured a lot of the suspects and since I... Um, wasn't really getting evidences. It was really, really difficult for at first for me to figure out on the evidence line, like how to put it all together. So the security officer who I shot, um, I wasn't able to get evidence off of him. But what I was supposed to do was I was supposed to take a part from the first android that I killed in chapter one and put it into his body, and then he will tell me where the final thing is. And so I did that. And then finally, I figured out the root of deviancy, and I figured out the case, and everything could finally move forward, which is Jericho. All of this evidence led to Jericho, which leads to almost the Battle of Detroit. Um, and I'll talk about Connor's story. So basically, Marcus's storyline just has to do with him pulling the protest and um news reporters are there and like the army's there basically everyone's trying to stop this protest even though it's like pretty peaceful and there's even a point where they actually attack all the androids and it's kind of crazy but um my love interest with north um they finally start understanding the androids and the emotions and the feelings that they develop because i I end up kissing North and that was a scene that showed like, Oh, androids love and they're capable of these feelings. I liked it when I first watched it, but when I was thinking back at it, I was like, Oh, that was okay. But I don't think it was my favorite way that could have ended. I don't really have a, an idea though of how I would have wanted that protest to end though. With Kara's storyline, the plot twist is that Alice was an android the entire time. And I will like I know some people suspected it and other people like me were very shocked to realize that. But it all made sense. Uh Kara is trying to feed Alice food, but Alice will always say that like she's not in the mood or she's not hungry. And that was what Luther was trying to tell me this entire time that Alice was a child android that was adopted by the abusive father because they wanted a kid. Um, and then this is where the storyline for Kara goes downhill because I f- fucked up. Uh, so when you're finally escaping the border uh, to, of Canada, you have two options. So you either have an option to one, take a boat or two, take the bus. If you take the bus, everyone lives. If you take the boat, Luther dies and I fucking took the boat because I thought I was I thought that was what I was supposed to do. It wasn't. It was not what I was supposed to do. 
I was so upset that Luther I like there was a point where I was playing this game and I was like just take Alice instead I don't want Luther to die oh my god Luther dies because he has to get off the boat because the boat's becoming too heavy and it's sinking because uh because a coastal guard shoots the boat was one of the most frustrating things ever and seeing luther float away oh so disappointing yeah i was so unsatisfied with the kara's ending i was so upset i was so upset finally we end this with connor and connor um because connor turns into a deviant now he's helping marcus with his protest and one of the ways that he's going to help Marcus with his protest is by freeing all of the androids that look like Connor in Cyberlife. So he sneaks into Cyberlife and he is tr- he's about to unlock the password for freeing everyone until a Connor robot who looks like me has Hank hostage. He bring so he brings Hank hostage and Hank is like, who's the real Connor? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. (laughs) So all of this is happening and I'm getting into a huge quick time event fight with my clone, which leads to this point where Hank pulls out a gun and he's like, I'm like, I'm going to figure out who the real Hank, who the real Connor is. And I'm going to shoot the imposter. And I'm just like, oh, fucking hell. This better, this better be good. (laughs) So... This was one of the most intense scenes because this was the true test, in my opinion, of whether or not I saw everything that I needed to see with Hank's character. Um, And thank God that I did because the final important question... So he asked two pivotal questions. What was his dog's name and what was his son's name? And I was like, yes, bitch! I know what both of them are! (laughs) Like, I knew it! I was like, yes! I did it! I did it. I, like I was so happy when I when I knew that like this is it. This is happening. I basically on I pretty sure I got the best storyline and this is oh my god. It was, it was so satisfying knowing that. So to sum up the storyline that I got, Marcus was able to lead a successful protest with Connor who has now developed a friendship with Hank and was able to become a deviant. And Kara was able to cross the border with Canada, but sans Luther, who ends up dying. Um, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> um, yeah, I really I really enjoyed the storyline a lot. Um, I, I, this is a game that I definitely want 100% just because it's really easy to... Uh, 100% Quantic Dream games like that. You just have be, you can start chapters at any point, and you just have to play through all um, the endings. So the final scene of this game is Hank is at the chicken joint, which is closed, and Connor meets up with him, and they hug. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, friendship!" And that's probably. I guess all I have to talk about. So <laughs> let's end this podcast here. This is a thank you for listening to this deep dive of Detroit. Um, if you feel like I missed talking about something or want to get a further opinion about Detroit from me, um, feel free to contact me at contact at downtime.live. 
Um, also, if you go to www.downtime.live, we have uh, a question box and a Discord, which you can contact anything related to Detroit uh, to ask me anything, as well as um, if you join the community and you listen and you enjoyed listening to this podcast, um, I regularly do this podcast with my partner Jeremy. So uh, we talk about games and, and we also have a lot more spoiler casts. So check that out if you like this. Um, thank you for listening to my TED Talk. This is the seventy. This is the seventieth TED Talk of Downtime Podcast, and I'll talk to you next week with Jeremy. So peace. Thank you.